Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, uh, whatever time it is. It's uh, me, Stuart Watson, back hosting again because Mark Heath is... uh, He's obviously decided he, he doesn't fancy coming back just yet. And uh, Andy Warren, I think, is, is fed up of me telling him what to do in these podcasts. So then there were two. It's just me and little old Ross Halls to my right. How are you, my friend? I'm very well. I'm actually very excited for this podcast. We've never done this, just you and me. It's just the two of us. We can make it if we try, of course, Bill Withers' song. Um, and yeah, I think we can make this podcast a classic because uh, anything can happen. No holes barred. Let's get into it. Bill Withers, who thankfully is still with us. Yes. A little partridge reference for you there. Um, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, it's um, been a good weekend. Two of the Itchy Town teams won, uh, which was good. Uh, yeah, it was a, a very successful weekend for us covering the club and also the club getting all three points. So... All good. How are you? I'm good. We'll return to to the ladies in a bit, actually. I was remiss of me not to to mention them last week. You've been down to to Bristol when we sort of parted ways on Saturday night. You were telling me you were off early early doors on Sunday to go and watch the the women um, down at Bristol. So perhaps we'll we'll finish on that in in a little bit. But let's let's reflect on the men's team, first of all, shall we? And uh, a big, 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 big win that was, wasn't it, on on Saturday? one nil down against an awkward Accrington side. If we're talking diplomatically, uh, a stubborn Accrington side. They um, they're not an easy team to play. We've seen enough of them since Ipswich dropped down into into League One, and uh, that took a, that took a bit of spirit to to come from behind and get those three points. It did um, a big. Big three points, um, and we did the ugly, didn't we? We did the ugly side of the game, which we don't normally see in a town side, and that's what I liked. That's what I was impressed with. Because Aquiton, as you said, they're no mugs. Um, they're a physical side. They're big boys, as I always say. Got six-footers in their side. And um, town, despite going behind, they stood up to Aquiton. You know, mixed a bit of quality with, you know, Selena Chaplin. And then, of course, you know, had to do the necessary ugly side of the game, which is what I like to see, of course, Sam Morsey, the leader of that. Um, I'm going to quote um, Andy Warren here. He is the um, the scrapper-in-chief in that midfield. And, um, of course, with his comments last time we played Aquiton, I'm sure he wanted to get stuck in and uh, get them three points. And that is what Town did, thankfully. You've brought up Sam Morsey, so let, let's go yep. there while, while his name's been um, raised. As you say... The comments after the defeat up at the Wham Stadium earlier this season about them being a horrible, disgusting non-league side to play against. I think that was sparked by Harry Pell just booting the ball out of the ground in, in an act of blatant time-wasting up there. Um, I'm sure that those comments were discussed before the game. Um, after the game, I was I was loitering down by the tunnel, as we do, to speak to Kieran McKenna and, and a player and... Uh, in a bit of a quiet moment, I was earwigging on on a certain Harry Pell, who was the winder up in chief for Atkinson Stanley, shall we say, on on Saturday, and he was he was chatting, I think, to one of their coaching staff and was saying, oh, "Sam Morsey, he's going to be in trouble for that. It's, it's a blatant punch." And um, there was a little off the ball incident. I think it was in the first half, wasn't it? After a throw in, um, 
And uh, they're, they're claiming, and John Coleman and uh, Ethan Hamilton, who was uh, the man involved in this, that there was a, a little a little jab of, of the arm there. Uh, I don't know if there'll be any kind of uh, action taken on that one. And sometimes at League One level, uh, the lack of camera angles and, and footage can uh, can go in your favour on those. But let's be honest here. Accrington aren't in a position to be moaning too much about the the physical side of the game. Well, they they bought a few cheap fouls. They uh, they put it about themselves as well, don't they? So um, yes, uh, Sam Morsi. I think I think most Ipswich fans will say good good on you for kind of uh, dishing it out a little bit back yourself. Did you have much of a view of that one? That was probably a bit f- further away from you, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was right near the dugout, weren't it? So I'm sure Kira McKenna had a good eye on that. Um, but now it's the other side of the pitch for me. And um, of course, we, we've all seen the clip. Um, it's just one of those incidents where, you know, JD had the ball, Janoy was going to throw it to Morsey, but then a player that Hamilton was then chasing it back to him. And of course, they were just running. You, you don't know what to, I don't know how what I do with my arm when I'm running. And it's just one of those where it just, yeah, just hits him, unfortunately. But I don't think there's nothing in it, really. It's just one of those moments where you're like oh it doesn't look good on a certain angle but they always look worse when you look at them back don't they my yeah. my instant reaction is i was kind of level with that at the time and it kind of as you say it sort of happens slightly off the ball your, your eye goes where the ball's going and i thought it was more of like almost like a rugby style kind of palm off you know just sort of yeah. trying to sort of get him get him out of his personal space and maybe the arm was a, li- a little bit higher but um it sparked Accrington Stanley chairman Andy Holt to tweet after the game that Sam Morsey is a shit house. Um, with with some footage of of that, he since uh, declared that he's he's disappearing off Twitter, which would be a shame if he does because mm. it's it's quite refreshing actually that that a chairman um, like him is so open and honest on on Twitter. But um, there you go, emotions were high after the game. Um, referee spoken about a lot. I thought he, he struggled to actually. Keep a, keep a handle on this, keep a control on this game at times. There were some real inconsistencies in, in some of the bookings that went out that did and didn't get handed out for dissent. But there you go, Ipswich found a way in, I think Andy said in his, his post-match video, to rise above the mess. And I thought that was a, that was a good way of summing it up because um, they stuck to their principles, Ipswich. I thought Kieran McKenna's sort of calm demeanour really came into play here because... Uh, he just he said he got them in at half time and told them to kind of try and stick to their principles and play and and once once they got a grip on this game and and started to get Selena and Chaplin involved a little bit more I thought they were value for the, for this win um what what did you think Des- deserved overall I think so I think once as I said earlier you know we showed our quality but also showed our necessary ugly side of the game and um, we dug in deep and, you know, we went behind. But then, you know, it was a sluggish start, weren't it? You know, we really couldn't get into the game. Ackerton were doing what they do best, being very physical. But then when we went behind, I didn't feel we were were going to lose this game. I felt we're going to get back into this and we did that. And Selena, a great time pass. I remember just shouting, like, oh, not properly shouting because I can't really do that. But I was like, pass the ball. But he timed it well. And Burns was there. Great run. Cool and clever finish from Wes. And the question I'm going to put out to you, really, Stu, and, and the listeners, a big question from Kieran on the coach home yesterday. Is Wes the best winger we've had who's been our player for a very long time? I can't remember the last sort of winger, out-and-out winger. Just, ooh, don't know. Well, that's a good good question. Um, you think going back to the, the playoff season in the championship, 
for the last time Ipswich have had a bit of success and, and even then it was Jay Tab and Paul Anderson who were who were workmanlike wingers, you yeah. know. Huge credit to the roles they played in in that team, but they, they weren't of the Wes Burns mould, were they? If you remember off the back of that season, the big question was, right, we've got to up, upgrade the wingers and they tried to do that. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles came in, Ryan Fraser, um, who obviously was excellent, but a lone player. So I can't think of anyone sort of jumping jumping to my mind at this moment in time. I'm sure the listeners might have a few ideas on that one, but he's he's right up there in terms of the, yeah. the best signings from the summer, isn't he? Wes Burns took that goal very, very well. Um, it was a massive minute in the game. You said there that you never felt like Ipswich, that game was going to get away from them. I admire your confidence because I had some doubts at that mm. stage. They'd gone behind, as you say, it had been a sticky start, gone behind, and then it's a huge save from Christian Walton. I didn't mm. appreciate it at the time that he'd got his fingertips onto it, but he did. Um and if that had gone in, it was um, Matt Butcher, a big deflection off of Janoy Danassian after Ipswich had been cut open a little bit. And he tips it onto the bar and, and within a minute, Ipswich Town counter-attack, exquisite Selena pass, as you say. Cool Wes Burns finish, 1-1. And that completely changed this football match, didn't it? And uh, just shows you the value of, of Christian Walton. If, if we're talking about sort of best players in positions for a number of years, I've seen a number of people saying that already he's looking like the best goalkeeper since Bart- Bartosz Bielokowski, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think um, even I've even seen some people saying since Richard Wright, you know, those sort of goalkeepers, even Kelvin Davis. Um, but in, say, the last 10 years, he could be topping Bartosz Bielokowski right now and hopefully he can be in this successful side. And yeah, to sign a, a Premier League goalkeeper on a permanent deal is unreal for League One. And, you know, I know the fans were applauding him when he came out as a permanent town player. And yeah, I'm sure he'll be saving us a lot of points throughout the rest of this season because I think that is one position you need to have a strong keeper in. And yeah, he, he probably saved us in this game because if I think if that went in, I would then, my confidence would have gone low, Stu. I would have mm-hmm. gone, yeah, game's dead. I don't think we're going to be able to come back in this game. Ackerton will, you know, keep behind the ball, won't let us out and uh, we would have lost. But thankfully... Great save. And then Wes Burns to the rescue, get the equaliser. But then um, for me, I thought the rest of the first half was a bit scrappy, weren't it? I don't feel there was much really in it for both sides, really, was it? No, it was kind of, I guess both teams had flashes of doing what they tried to do. Accrington, I think, clipped the top of the bar from an, from another set-piece attempt. You, I thought Ipswich looked vulnerable at those scenarios. Cole Fuller in his column for us today has said, I think seven of Accrington's players were six foot two plus. Um, and then you looked at the Ipswich side and you had obviously Selena and Chaplin coming into it. Lee Evans going off injured in, in the warm-up, which reduced the height even further with Tom Carroll, who's, who's not the most physical of players coming in into the midfield. Even across that, that defensive line, not huge. Even George Edmondson, nicknamed the Fridge, isn't, isn't a giant height-wise. He's broad, isn't he? So... That that was and Accrington tried to exploit that, but credit to Ipswich, they um they stuck at the physical side of the game and they earned the right to play. And then and then you hope that the, the quality shows. And that's exactly exactly what happened with the, the first goal that we've talked about, the second goal as well, with quick thinking from Morsi from the from the free kick cut back from Genoy and um great finish from from Connor Chaplin. First of all, brilliant touch to kind of get it out of his feet in the box and then a hammer finish in high into the net. And he's on eight goals 
for the season now. I think Burns is on six, so that's a pretty pretty good uh, return for those those two players, not out and out strikers. So um, I, I thought over the piece it's which deserved these three points in the second half. I thought they made it more of their type of game. They got Selena and. And Chaplin, who kind of played as almost double number 10s. They played very narrow, sort of in, in behind Bonn, if we call it the almost like an arrowhead attack, um, rather than sort of two two wide men. So another little subtle tweak from, from Kieran McKenna there. And I just thought their game management was a, a lot better second half. There was there was chances for being um if we're being picky, the Ipswich could have maybe sort of got, got more. Burns got into some really good positions on that right-hand side. He put a first-time shot over the bar, fluffed a couple of crosses. But over the piece, I, I thought they deserved that. Carroll had a shot saved, didn't he, from, from outside the box as well. And that I didn't really feel that nervy over the last 20, 20 minutes. As, as you say, it was there was one moment, wasn't there, when Ethan Hamilton put a left-footed free kick just a whisker wide of the post late on. John Coleman, their manager, said that that was the loudest shout of the day inside Portman Road. And that, that tells you how far Accrington Stanley have come. I think he might be pushing the truth there a little bit, John, but um, he's got every right to uh, to try and big up his side because they, they were unbeaten in five going into this. They've beaten Rotherham. They've drawn against Sunderland. Um, and he's right, Accrington have, have come a long, long way. But I think this performance from Ipswich shows how far they've come in, in a very short space of time themselves and under Kieran McKenna. It uh, gives a bit of confidence, doesn't it, that? It does. And I want to bring up Connor Chaplin again because I thought that was a, a fantastic finish. A great little, quick little free kick as well, weren't it? Morsey to JD, JD then to, to Chaplin. And Chaplin is becoming one of my favourite players to watch. He's just He's just a classy player and... Well, it's obvious because he was playing for Barnsley in the playoffs last season, and you know he's so he, sh- he shows so much energy in that midfield, which I just like to see. Just he's everywhere; he doesn't stop, and he's a very small player. And it was like I'm sure you would be looking up to all these big Accrington players. It's like a giant of Accrington versus the the smaller Chaplin. Um, I'm the same sort of height as Chaplin, so I'll probably know how he's feeling right now. But um, yeah, eight goals from midfield. And he hasn't played as much, really, if you think about it. He, of course, had a tough start to life at town. He had that injury and then he had to come back into the team, had to come off the bench. And I think all these goals have been pretty pretty decent. You know, the goal at Portsmouth was a good finish. Um, And that's just good to see those sort of players who haven't had a great start to life at town. But when he does play well, he plays well. And um, I know he's becoming a fan favourite for a lot of people, you know, kind of Chaplin's song, you know, I love it. Chappers, the nickname. Um, but yeah, classy goal and um, yeah, a well-deserved three points. And I want to give a shout out to um, a few other players of Asa Rights do. Mm. I'm jumping ahead now. But um, like Wolfie, once again, he was immense, you know, winning every ball. And of course, he had the battle up against these six-foot um, players. You know, Colby Bishop, big fan of Colby Bishop. Um, he had to battle up against him and he was winning pretty much every ball. Um, he kept him quiet during the game. And then also KVY, I think he probably won't get a mention that much, but he played a full 90 minutes, mm. which is great to see. Um, I know he's a professional footballer, that is what he should be doing every week, but you've got to give him some credit. You know, 90 minutes, solid performance, got involved when he needed to and um, fair play KVY. Yeah. Well, look, I'll just let's talk quickly about the changes to the team. It had been the same yeah. starting outfield 10 for... Four matches in a row, the Sunderland game before McKenna arrived, and that's what's kind of carried us through up until this point at the weekend. McKenna kind of hinted heavily in his pre-match press conference that 
now was the time to freshen things up, not in response to losing at Bolton because there was a lot to like from that performance, but just because he knows he's got a, a strong squad, a deep squad, and I think a bit of man management just to try and make everybody feel involved. I think the phrase he used was to keep the pot boiling. Connor Chaplin is someone I think has, has made it pretty clear behind the scenes that I think in a respectful way, but I'm itching to play here. I want to play. I'm pretty sure knowing Burst and Selena personality that he will have been the same and you look at those two have played loads of championship football they haven't come to league one to sit on the bench have they so James Norwood could probably feel pretty aggrieved to, to drop out after scoring four goals in, in six games but he, he wanted to try something different adapt to the challenges of, of Atkinson and, and you have to say it paid off Chaplin and Selina are, are completely different types of players as you say Chaplin's this kind of dynamo who's sort of raw enthusiasm just rubs off on on everybody and and Selena is a bit more goes for lot, long spells in the game where he's quite quiet but you just always feel that he's got that moment of magic in him and we saw it with the assist he put a, a and a free kicker just past the post he had another shot from outside the box that was that was pushed away i think he had a, a, a through ball that would have been a carbon copy uh that we saw for the goal for Macaulay Bond that was inches away in, in the second half. Um, so it was nice to see them to sort of take take their chance, really. The, the other change was, changes, I should say, were enforced. You mentioned Kane Vincent Young. He, he came in because Matt Penny's got a bit of a, I think it's a hamstring niggle, nothing too major, but he came in on, on the left-hand side, which we haven't seen him do that a great deal for Ipswich during his career so far, but that is where he'd been playing for Colchester for a lot a long time before before he arrived here. And there were some little flashes of the stepovers and the direct running of, of Kane Vincent Young of old, wasn't there? I think that's an interesting experiment. We're talking a lot about the left side being somewhere that Ipswich need to strengthen, but they might just have a little a little look at Kane, um, certainly over the next few games, we'll see. Uh, and the other change was a last-minute one, of course, with, with Lee Evans um, injured in the warm-up. I think just a little tweak of the groin again, nothing too major, but that meant that that Tom Carroll came in at the last minute. Again, someone who's not played a great deal of football this season because of various injury setbacks and, and whatnot. And um, this is a hard old game for you to suddenly be parachuted into in those circumstances. And, and he struggled in, in the early exchanges, didn't he? You're up against Harry Pell, um, the very definition of, of Accrington's awkwardness. And, and he looked a little bit lightweight. Some of his passing was off, but I thought he got better and, and better as the game wore on and, uh, in the second half, you, you you got to see a little bit of that Premier League pedigree of his. Obviously, played played for Tottenham and Swansea in, in the top flight, and uh, he can make he can make the team tick, Carney. And um, I, I thought I thought he he grew into the game before eventually being replaced by uh, a surprise debutant in mm. um, Tyreek Backinson, who was who was due to be watching from the stands for this one, but at the last minute, get get your tracksuit on and, and ends up getting on the pitch. Yeah, I'm sure he wasn't expecting that at all. And I don't think no one was. I was very much late to the party. I don't really check Twitter that much, you know, prior to the kickoff because I'm just busy chatting with people and catching up with people. Shout out to one of our listeners, Simon, who came over to me and went, he wasn't impressed with me my, with my Rihanna shout um, last week on the podcast. So sorry, Simon, but good to see you. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I looked up and I, at first I went, why is Tom Carroll playing? He's starting. I was like, that's where Evans was. I saw Evans in the warm up. He was fine. And then I then double checked. Went, oh, okay, he uh, <laughs> he had to come off injured or in the warm up. And um, yeah, Backerson, um, 
got his gloves on, looks a bit skinnier than I first thought. He's a, he's a big boy as well, which I'm sure this is a, a sort of game he probably was loving, really, playing up against these giant suppliers. Um, you know, he did he did okay, didn't he? He didn't really need to do much at that time. I think he got the ball a few times. He was very frustrated at times as well, I felt. Um, shouting at the ref about different decisions. But, yeah, a very quick turnaround for him to get the kit. I'm sure, I don't know if they had his kit prepared or not. I don't know if they had to quickly print it. Uh, yeah, I think he he didn't arrive in Ipswich till sort of late on Thursday to, to f- finalise the deal. I think he had one training session, McKenna said, on, on Friday and was still sort of, he wanted him to kind of settle in, get to meet the lads. and um, But yeah, last minute he made it clear that, yeah, if you need me, I want to be on the bench and ended up getting needed to come on for those final 20 minutes because Ipswich didn't really have a lot of other midfield options on the bench, obviously, they're trying to get Harper and, and El Mazzuni out on loan, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, Nolan is is not fit at the moment. Um, so, yeah, on he came. I thought he looked, on the on the brief cameo that we saw, languid was the word I used. I've seen sort of comparisons from Bristol City fans to say there's a bit of J. Emmanuel Thomas, a bit of jet about him in terms of sort of he's got a bit of a laid back swagger about the way he plays I thought you could see that at times for someone who's six foot three I don't think you'd be describing him as a, a powerhouse central midfielder but looks someone that would be quite happy to take the ball in tight areas and um yeah I'm sure he'll he'll delight and frustrate in, in equal measure from everything I've I've read and heard about him and then the little bit we've we've seen thus far so in, interested to see um a bit more of him going forwards um I'll just kind of draw a line under Atkinson really by giving a little insight into to Kieran McKenna, the man, after the match. He um, he's very calm, he's very measured. You can see that in in his video interviews and and the written quotes that that come out. But um, I he came over at the end, and Ethan Hamilton had done the um the post match press conference for Atkinson, and Ethan Hamilton loitered for ages to go and speak to. To Kieran McKenna. He'd been his youth team manager at Manchester United many years ago. And uh, the way he sort of went over to kind of see Kieran was almost like, you know, a long lost friend. You could just see that there was so much respect for Kieran McKenna. And immediately it was Kieran was, you know, I, I told the lads, got to keep an eye on your left foot. You know, we worked on that for years, didn't we? Your left foot, I told you, keep working on it. And, um, you know, and how's the family? How's your dad? And, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And you can just feel that the players have got such a bond with him. And already you're feeling that from, from an Ipswich point of view. Connor Chaplin was, was the player that, that spoke to the media after the game. And he went, he just said, I love him. Uh, you know, it's just, I love the training. It's you, you can see the ideas coming out onto the pitch. So there is genuine warmth, um, I think, from from the players towards him. Um, and that's lovely to see. And, and I just think his whole sort of calm, considered demeanour, both on the touchline and the way he talks to the media afterwards and clearly the way he deals with players is um, is so nice to see. And it just makes me feel like Ipswich are in, are in really sort of good hands at, at the moment. Um, I don't know how you who you feel about it and what, you know, the fans you speak to, um, are they all, all aboard the Kira McKenna train? Yeah, Kira McKenna's Barmy Army. I think they're just impressed with how honest he is and I'm sure it's a dream for yourself and you know Brennan Wally at BBC Suffolk and all the other people who speak to him after the game because he just he's honest isn't he he tells you what it is he he lets you know what is in his in his head about what what he was doing there why he played this 
and that is just a dream for anybody. And I think the fans are just loving that. And he was able to have game management as well, which unfortunately Paul Cook didn't really have much. Um, but no, I think I've, I've been impressed by him. And uh, yeah, hope this continues. Three wins out of four for Kieran McKenna. Um, yeah, a fantastic start. I know we had the disappointment last week at Bolton, but um, thankfully he was able to back it up. And um, we love playing against these big teams, don't we? Because before, when we play these, we're like, oh God, here we go. This is going to be a, a slugfest. We're going to lose. But so far, three out of the three big boys we've played, we've won them all. So times are changing, which is good to see. Yeah, well, it's a, another similar type of battle potentially on, on tomorrow night at AFC Wimbledon. Coming up, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. We, we talked about the midfield uh, selection uh, and why that, that was at the weekend. And that is because after we recorded our last podcast um, last week, Kieran McKenna revealed in his press conference that, that he's looking to get Rakeem Harper and Idris El Mazzouni both out on loan before the window shuts in a, in a few days' time. No great surprise with, with Idris, who's obviously had a couple of, of loan spells before in, in League Two, opposite ends of League Two, with promotion chasing Cambridge and then with relegation fighting Grimsby. He's found his, you know, this was the year I felt he's really started to make himself a proper first team player he's had a couple of league one starts hasn't he against Sheffield Wednesday at home and and uh, Cambridge away I think as well and plenty of cup games scored that uh, brilliant volley at, at Oldham in the FA Cup but it's clear that he needs to maybe go and get some games um, Harper's a bit more of a surprise isn't it a man that Ipswich paid half a million pounds for just a few months ago someone who's been in England youth set up, someone who's had a little taste of Premier League football, decent amount of championship football and yet here he is six months in at, at Ipswich Town in League One and, and, and on the loan list. What do you make of that? Um, surprised but also not surprised if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, I think more surprised that I thought he would be in this team. I thought we'd be in this team week in, week out. Definitely when he first signed, you know, we I was excited about it because it's um, one of those signings we, you never expect, you know, signing from a West Brom side. Um, he's got that quality there, but it just hasn't worked out for him as of yet. Um, and yeah, where will he go though? That's the question. You know, do you want to loan to a League One club? You can't loan to a League One rival. Maybe someone lower down the league than us. Maybe a team or like maybe AFC Wimbledon who are down there fighting for relegation. But then does he want to go to a relegation battle? Um would he go to a League Two side? Maybe a League Two side fighting for a promotion. Uh, maybe that'd be good for him. You know, maybe uh, trying to look in the League League Two. So you got you know Northampton are there, Swindon are there. We'll mention that in a minute, of course. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting where he goes. I think Idris will be the same. You know, I'm sure he'll want to be playing League One football. He's had two loan spells um, in League Two already. Um, unfortunately, both of them he of course ended with injuries. So maybe, hopefully now a League One club will look at him and go, yeah, we can use him. But it would just be interesting to see where they go. And they need to get minutes as well. I don't want them to get loaned out and they don't play much. It's just pointless. Definitely Rakeem Harper. He won't be wanting to go on loan and sitting on someone's bench. Hopefully he'll be going somewhere that he plays. No, the, uh, McKenna has sort of said that the level isn't as important to him more stylistically in terms of it being in the right fit, in terms of... <laughs> the way the team plays football, the manager that he'll be working under. Um, 
So that would suggest that he'd be open-minded to, to the level of football, but how open-minded will Raheem Harper be to it? You've got it in your head that your career's on a certain pathway. Um, yeah, how, how much would he embrace a move down down to League Two? However well it's sold to you, I, I don't know. Um, Scotland might be an alternative. Mm. Um, possibly even abroad, who, who knows? Um, yeah, that, I'll be intri- intrigued to see how that pans out for those two, especially... Rakeem Harper, but Kieran McKenna, I thought, again, just dealt with that. So just, I say maturely, just in the way that any manager should do, really, just makes it very clear that that you're doing this to maximise your game time so you can come back. You're very much in my thoughts, in my plans for pre-season. Just send them away, not feeling like it's a punishment, but Mm. we're doing this for, for a reason. So I thought, again, that was a really good insight into his man management and, and the way he sort of um, dealt with that in the press conference last week. It w- was another impressive moment for, for me, for, for a young manager. Yeah, I think um, when you normally get loaned out, definitely a player who you think should be in the starting level and sometimes when they get on the loan list, you think, yeah, they're, they're been the bad books to the manager, you know, probably under Paul Lambert, there's a few players you can think who were just blown out because, yeah, he, he was just in his bad books. So, yeah, um, once again, as you said, an impressive thing from Kieran McKenna saying, go and get minutes, impress, and then it'll be a fresh start in pre-season. At the moment, you're just not in my plans, not in a horrible way. We've just got it's loads of options in midfield, and he'd rather him send them out instead of them playing on a 23s football or just sitting on the bench or being part of the match day squad. It's mm. um, it's good things, once again, from Kieran McKenna. Fair play. There was a time when, when players going out on loan normally was the you, you felt like it was the first step towards the, the permanent yeah. exit door, didn't it? Um, there's enough examples in, in recent years now of, of Ipswich players who've gone away and come back stronger and become established. Luke Wolfenden, uh, Flynn Downs is, is another one. So really you should be sitting down and using those as as examples to these these players to say that you know this is what can this is what can happen um i guess we can use this conversation as as another mm. little hook to move on to Tyree Simpson who is someone who has gone away on loan uh to Swindon in league 2 um 11 goals in 28 starts and two substitute appearances including one in a 1-1 draw against Bristol Rovers on Saturday and then, really, out of the blue, the club put out that he's been recalled on on Sunday, yesterday. Um, bit of a mystery, I think, to to all of us at this stage, including us, as as to why Ipswich have have taken that step. I don't get the sense that there's an, an injury to to a striker, and they've brought him back in because they desperately need him to fill any gaps in in the first team squad, even if. Caden Jackson, for example, you would think is the most likely of the senior players, strikers, to, to move on this month. I still don't really see the value in, in bringing Tyrese back for six months. He's, he's going so well there, must be getting so much confidence at Swindon. I was convinced that they would let him sort of continue riding that wave and, until the end of the season and, and look at it then. So what's your reading of, of this one? It's disappointing, really, because that's just now going to end his flow of that confidence. He's he's been part of this very successful Swindon side. They had a a horrible summer, didn't they? John McGrill was in charge, and he left because of you know ownership issues and all that sort of stuff. And they had to build a whole new squad. And Tyrese went there, his first proper loan spell out, and he went on to score 
that amount of goals. Um, you know, playing with Johnny Williams, good old Johnny Esther, as he used to be called. Um, and he's he's done so well in League Two. You know, his first pro- bit of senior men's football. I know he's had a few appearances for town, but it's an opportunity for him to play. And now it's just been ended. Now, my reading in it is maybe he'll go to a League One club on loan, possibly. Or are town going to sell him? That'll be the question. Because, you know, if you think about it, Kiefer Moore, he got loaned out to League One, didn't he, with Barnsley? And of course, he went on to score for fun for them. And a lot of town fans are thinking, we can't even score a goal. Why have we got a player who's scoring goals? We recall him and then we sold him for a good profit, of course. But uh, yeah, I was very baffled to see that news. I thought, hmm, why would you end that flow of just him playing well, playing part of a team? He's going to be part of a promotion team, hopefully. Swindon are currently sixth in League Two. So that would have been a great time for him to be part of a successful side have a nice little promotion on his CV, hopefully. Now he's been recalled, and I'm sure Swindon fans are devastated because they've lost a, a striker. Yeah, I'll just read out his statement that he put out on social media yesterday. Sadly, my time at this great club has come to an end. This has been one of the hardest goodbyes. I've met some amazing people who have brought the best out of me on the field. This is not how it panned, planned out to be, but this is football, I guess. It goes on to to thank the fans and teammates, etc., Swindon will always have a place in my heart until next time. So read into that what you will. Is this a play from Ipswich to to try and get a transfer fee out of Swindon now? He's out of contract in the summer. Ipswich do have an option to extend that further. Maybe Kieran McKenna just wants to have a look at him himself over the next few weeks, months, and then decide whether he fits into to the long-term plan. Um a lot of questions to still be answered on that one. Um, one of the first things that people thought when he got recalled is, well, that must mean that there's a, a striker injured or, or on their way. Um, James Norwood was was one that that obviously got spoke about because he he was he was dropped at the weekend, although he did come on. Um, my my understanding of that, as per the story that we put out yesterday, is that. James Nord will be remaining an Ipswich player beyond the end of this month. We know he was transfer listed by the club's hierarchy earlier in the season. He was kind of quietly allowed to sort of slip back into the picture when the goals had dried up and, and Paul Cook had just been sacked. We know what he's done since then. Four goals in, in six games. Um, and McKenna likes him a lot. Norwood likes McKenna. Norwood has always wanted to stay, even through the height of the transfer listing and everything. I think that maybe surprises people, but but he likes it here. He likes the area. He wants to stay on. Uh, and despite there being a queue of clubs that would take him in a heartbeat, um, seven of them that I listed in, in that story from what, from what I gather, Preston, the highest in the championship. They've had Connor Wickham um, recently, but he's he's now gone at the end of a short-term deal and has signed for MK Dons. Um, so they're a little bit sh- striker short at the moment. And, and then as you would imagine, lots of clubs in League One with his goal record at this level that would take him in a heartbeat, including uh, Wigan, who I'm sure Paul Cook has told Liam Richardson all about James Norwood's qualities. I think there's a misconception that Paul Cook wasn't having James Norwood. I think I think James, has, as I've said before, tweeted at the time that Paul Cook's hands were tied on, on certain things. Um, Plymouth, Portsmouth, he feels very much like a Danny Cowley type of striker. Um, but are Ipswich going to ever let him go to a club that could potentially finish above you and pip you to promotion? You you could end up with serious egg on your face there, couldn't you? So 
Um, it's all kind of, all roads have led to the fact that James will stay till the summer at least. And then they'll cross that bridge when they get to it. They'll have to have a little look at um, his contract, whether you take the option, whether you look at doing something, you know, extending it further. I don't know, but um, it looks to me like he will very much be staying an Ipswich Town player beyond the end of this window. And, and I think that's generally been positively received by by supporters. Yeah, I think so. I think they were baffled. You know, we weren't really scoring many goals. Well, I know McCauley Bond was leading the way scoring, but I think we just needed that sort of player, didn't we? Someone nasty in a good way. Um, and he, he did that straight away when he came off the bench um, for Accrington. He straight away got in the face of the defenders, the defence faces of the goalkeepers. And in League One, you need players like that. And um, when he does play, he scores goals. His ratio is is fantastic. And um, yeah, I was pleased to see that story that he's here to stay. And uh, yeah, I hope Town will try to keep him because I think he, he does offer us a lot. And uh, yeah, good news all around. I think fans are, are pleased about it. You know, there's there's going to be some fans who may not like like him as a, as a character maybe, but if you want someone to score goals, he's the man at the moment. There's a lot, a lot gets said and written about James Norwood's character, and I think everyone sort of judges him on his social, his lively social media demeanour. But everyone that I speak to in and around the club tells me that he came back in unbelievable condition last summer, was leading the way in all of the the preseason fitness tests and and all of that. You know, he does look after himself well. You, if you if you follow him on Instagram, you'll see that he's often posting things where he's going off and doing extra physiotherapy and stretching and various different things. Um, so I don't think you can ever sort of question that side of of the professionalism. And and it feels to me like the penny may have dropped a little bit with him over the over this the saga of the last few weeks and months. Someone who's probably really just missed his football. He just loves playing football, and to have that taken away from him has maybe led him to reassess a few things. I think Kieran McKenna might be the manager that can bring out a new level of maturity from him. From what I gather, Kieran very quickly has got his arm around him and said, you are part of my leadership group here. You know, you're you're alongside Sam Morsey and others. You know, you need to take on some some leadership responsibilities here. And, and I think sometimes, ultimately, I don't know James, but he just strikes me as someone who just wants to be shown a bit of love just and and Kevin McKenna's done that from day one that could that could bring out the best in him and I it wouldn't shock me if he if he came into the team on, on Tuesday maybe we use this as a, a chance to move on to the game tomorrow night Kieran McKenna had spoken about utilizing his squad for these two games in a short space of time um Macaulay Bond looked frustrated when he came off at, yeah. at the weekend and I just wonder if there was almost a, 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 a an agreement before the game that, you know, McCauley, you play today and James, your game is, is Tuesday night. I might be wrong on that one, but it's just an instinct. Yeah, I think so. And I think Norwood, of course, he was probably disappointed that he was dropped. Um, maybe just, just maybe we can have just went hit, you know, just have a little break here. You've had a lot of games, you know, a big, you know, a few weeks where you've come into the team out of nowhere and played four ninety minutes for most of them. And, um, you know, going against AFC Wimbledon's side, maybe that will help him. And we need a revenge, don't we, AFC Wimbledon? After that late equaliser at the end of, um, at the start of the season. And, of course, that 3 0 defeat at Plough Lane last season, which was, oh, dearie me, still, you were there. But I know fans at home watching on iFollow, it was not a good watch. And, of course, that was the start of the 
the now famous um, demolition man, weren't it? Yes, it was that game, wasn't it, that kind of sparked those comments. It, the record against Wimbledon has not been good since relegation. I think very early on when Ipswich got off to that really good start, um, I remember Norwood and Jackson both scored really late on. If you remember Jackson, I think it was it a Scoo's kind of lobbed pass over the yeah. top, last minute winner from from Caden Jackson, two one. But they haven't beaten them in in four meetings since then. A um, couple of nil nil draws, that that three nil defeat that you mentioned, and then they they managed to let a two goal lead slip at Portman Road early on this season. Uh, if you remember, I think Piggott scored a penalty and Burns got another straight after half time and and somehow managed to draw that game conceded at a last minute goal so yeah maybe some wrongs to write against AFC Wimbledon they're another team that wherever they are in the table which invariably is down towards the bottom scrapping they're they're always a banana skin potential banana skin aren't they so um how are you feeling going into this one uh once again looking at their record they're winless in six games and we did that against Bolton, didn't we? They were winless as well in how many games it was. Um, of course, the return to the capital, um, the first time since the the Charlton debacle. Um, so it should be an interesting evening. Um, I think everyone loves a London away day. I think it's um, an opportunity for a lot of fans to go to for an away game. Of course, it's, it's normally the golden ticket because there's not many tickets sold for this game. Um, so that away end is going to be packed. Yeah, 1,100 tickets were snapped up yeah. within... Th- 30 minutes and then Wimbledon I think to uh, manage to find a few down the back of the sofa I think another 100 or so more uh, which again was were snapped up really quickly so 1200 Ipswich fans will, will be there at Plough Lane for the first time um, it was weird going there when it was no mm. no fans there during the Covid season that was the night when uh, I think a few Ipswich fans managed to get on top yeah. of the flats overlooking the pitch even Andy Warren got a nice shout out from from them that night, but I'm looking forward to seeing fans in there and, and Ipswich fans enjoying a, a new stadium. Definitely. I just want to quickly go back to the game on Saturday. You know, once again, mm. a decent crowd. We were wondering after the PR campaign, the Portman Road, pack out Portman Road, like how many fans will come back? You know, it was over 20,000 in the stadium, which is great to see. Once again, in League One, that is incredible numbers. And, you know, fans... Yeah. At really... the end of January, when people are, yeah. you know, hanging on for their pay slip at the longest of the longest of months... Uh, post Christmas, that's that's a decent crowd, that isn't it? That was um, I was impressed by that. Yeah, and um, of course now we've got we've had a few away games as well. You know, we had Bolton last week, then we've got Wimbledon, then we've got a trip to Sheffield Wednesday, and I'm sure a lot of fans will we were doing Wednesday as well. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Plough Lane. I, I was lucky enough to go there um, in December for the women's team. But it's a nice little setup there. Although we found out that um, parking and everything else getting there is a bit of a pain. So um, town fans who are going plan accordingly because uh it's a it's a tricky ground to get to but i think they will enjoy the setup and uh it's a new stadium for a lot of people to tick off the list so enjoy yeah great to see wimbledon back at their their proper home again yeah. in uh in in south london you can't actually see the stadium you kind of drive when we were driving around before you're thinking well the stadium should be here and it's just completely enclosed by yeah. by flats. It's around the sort of site where the uh, I think the Greyhound track was ar- around there and stuff. But uh, once you get into it, that's a, that's, a, that's a smart stadium actually. So um, yeah, enjoy that trip, town fans. Hopefully, we can get another result here. Um, three wins from four under Kieran McKenna. Can they can they go again? 
Ross. The gap, that was a big win on Saturday because it kept the gap at eight. Um, and you don't want it get, getting much bigger than that, do you? Um, but some, some other results went went our way over the over the weekend, didn't they? So um, we've been waiting for this momentum to finally kind of snowball. It's kind of, we've had some of these moments in the season before, haven't we? And it's just gone a little bit flat. Is this the time that, that things really start to, to get going? I hope so. I don't think town fans want to put their hopes up too much. I think they're just going to take it game by game. Um, just looking at Wimbledon's results, the home form is pretty good, sorry to say. Um, of course, a lot of them are draws. You know, uh, two back-to-back home nil-nil draws against Portsmouth and Morecambe. And then there's a, a, you know, a 2-2 draw against Fleetwood. So a lot of draws there. Um, so it's think my, my think is maybe a draw will be a good point. But um, I want to go for a win still. I think I'm, I'm positive. You know, I think we're going to, Kieran McKenna will back this up. He'll get uh, back-to-back wins once again, uh, which we struggled under Paul Cook. Only one under Paul Cook. Kieran McKenna was able to do that in his first two games. Um, and I want us to get rid of that trend of not beating a team who are winless in how many games. So hopefully... Mm-hmm they can turn up against Wimbledon and uh, get a good three points. And, you know, on paper, the run of fixtures we've got aren't too bad. Sheffield Wednesday will be an interesting one, but we've got the win against Accrington, good three points. Now Wimbledon is the another three points that we really need to get. Yeah. As you say, sort of winless in, I think it's seven all competitions from, from Wimbledon, but three straight draws going in, into this one. They... Um, they drew at Burton at the weekend. They led 1-0 and ended up drawing 1-1. Before that, they'd gone five matches without scoring. So they don't score a lot of goals. Um, they're down there, I think, a point above the drop zone. Year after year, they've kind of stayed up by the skin of their teeth. If Ipswich have got any ambitions of getting themselves back into this promotion mix, I think this is a game they need to win. Earlier in the season, I'd have really worried about this this sort of game. Here we go, you know, one step forward followed by two steps back. But Kieran McKenna just gives me gives me confidence that he's thought about these two games in isolation. I think he's already got a plan for Wimbledon before they'd even kicked off against Accrington Stanley. Interested to see how much he he shuffles the pack, especially what that the combination of those front three players will look like. Sonia Luko. We'll come back into things. He was he was absent at the weekend because his uh, his partner had, had given birth. So congratulations to him. But you know he he was in good form as well, wasn't he? Before um before dropping out at the weekend. So there's some serious options there for McKenna Backinson now as well to to take into account. So um yeah, quietly confident going in, into this one. I'll go I'll go for a uh, a two nil Ipswich Town win. Hmm. I'm going to do. I'm basically replacing Hutchie here. I'm going to copy you, uh, or just we're just in sync. Um, the, my thinking behind two 0 is, you know, we were tuning up against them at Portman Road, and of course, then we 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 lost and we drew nil two two. We, I feel this time we're going to be two 0 up and we're going to cruise the rest of the game, and we'll get a nice three points, a nice clean sheet for Christian Walton as well. Um, so yeah, nice two um, two 0 win. And um, three points, all happy for town fans leaving the capital. So, yeah. Good. Positivity reigns. Um, I have to mention this, Ross, before we have a a brief Mm -hmm. chat about the women. Guess who scored for Colchester at the weekend? 
Well, I got a lot of messages during the game when this happened, and I just I knew straight away when when my, my well, I had so many notifications on WhatsApp, and then people atting me on Twitter, and I went, "He's done it, and he he's gone and done it." Miles Kenlock has scored for Colchester. He never scored for Town. <laughs> hundred and just over a hundred games, I think, all competitions for Ipswich, never scored. Uh, Bags on his debut for Colchester United, a massive 3-0 win away from home uh, at Salford at the weekend, which uh, they really needed because they've got dragged into some serious trouble at the bottom of League Two. Have you seen the goal? I haven't actually, which is um, it's, well, um, on my part, but yeah. He stabs in from close range. Uh, Luke Chambers, who'd opened the scoring himself before posturing and posing in front of the home fans, uh, he he met a corner with his head, and uh, Miles Kenlock was there to to stab home virtually on on the goal line. So uh, delighted for him because he's 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 obviously not had a great deal of football for for a little while. But um, there you go, that's Colchester down the A12. But our our attentions are on Ipswich. Ipswich Town's men are at AFC Wimbledon tomorrow night. Um, tell us about the the ladies then. They uh, they got they got themselves a good win down at, at Bristol. Yes, um, good trip, by the way. Nice little trip down to, to good old Somerset. I think it's based in Somerset, Kingsham, whatever. Um, and yeah, it was a good win. Sorry, I think that's whatever. apparently, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever that is. Um, but no, it was a good win, plenty of goals. Lucy O'Brien, 18 years of age, scoring a hat trick. What was the score? Yeah, you know, 5 2. Sorry. Got the okay. scoreline. <laughs> they won, but yeah, there's a score there. But yeah, five two. Um, yeah, Luce O'Brien with a hat trick. Uh, Paige Peak scored a header, um, which is rare actually. She scores a lot of free kicks, but she's pleased she scored a header. And Annie Gray, uh, Annie Gray returning and scoring, which was good to see. But um, a good performance. Uh, big shout out to the ITFC Southwest supporters group. They were there. Um, a few of them came over and said, you know, introducing themselves, saying a big fan to the show. So big shout out to them, Paul and Co. Uh, Steve Mellon, formerly of this parish, he was there as well. So good to see Steve. Even Bainsey, part of the KOA posse, he was there. But um, a good three points, top of the league still. And uh, did Southampton win? That's the big question. I don't think they played. Okay. They've um, they've got a lot of games in hand, which is not really good. So I think you just want them to play games. They've got four games in hand. I think they played in their cup, the County Cup. Yeah. They, they beat Bournemouth 3-0 in their county cup. So okay. uh, it's a bit frustrating sometimes. You, When you play a league fixture, you want the, the team who you're battling with to be playing as well. But in the last few weeks, they've had games postponed or they're playing their cup count, mm. cup games. So uh, we're still top of the league. And, you know, Oxford are up there as well. They're, they're battling up there. Of course, they beat us last month. So, um, they're so it's not, it's not just a straight shootout with Southampton. Oxford could be, could be yeah. in the mix. I think so. I think Oxford could be. So and that's good to see. I think it's nice to have a few teams battling out. But uh, yeah, it was um, a good win against a, a Keensham side. A nice setup, by the way. If you ever fancy going to Keensham Town for a non-league game, nice little setup. Um, 3G pitch. I think the girls, they enjoy playing on those sort of pitches because they train on that at Playford Road. So, um, you know, they it's better than Felix though because Felix though's pitch can be a bit of a... Uh, and my bath sometimes, but uh, no, it was a worth the trip down. As you said, I, I left you at um, in Ipswich after the game and said, uh, you know, go home and um, get ready to travel down to Somerset." And uh, it was worth it because they got the win. Some goals was was had as well. Good, right? I'm not going to forget this week. 
I'm going to give our sponsors a shout out, a very sincere <laughs> shout out, because Mark Heath got me a good one at the weekend. <laughs> Text me too, week. to be fair. He texted us all to say that our sponsors, our loyal and respected sponsors, Manscaped, had uh, ended the deal because of the little bit of fun that we had last week. And he uh, he hooked me. He got me. Um, so I'm going to say shout out to manscaped.com. Our sponsors use KOA at the checkout for discount. So there we go. That's That's that done, which leaves me to say... I promise this is the last time for me in the host chair. The uh, the far more personable Mark Keith will be back to to guide the good ship KOA later this week. Uh, but for now, Ross, any other business? I've actually got two. If that's all right with you, I'm going to carry on this. Great, but I think it's been a good good effort from both me and you. I think um, listeners, hopefully, they've enjoyed. Um, hopefully, they haven't turned off too early. But um, my first bit of business is Hutchie. He wore the trainers. Yeah. And um, we won. So the question is, will he wear them on Tuesday? Um, so we shall see. I'm sure we'll let the listeners know if we have won and if he is wearing them, then fantastic. If he isn't wearing them, we lose. Then we're going to have some um, some words, I think, with, with Hachi, aren't we? I'll make sure he wears them. Don't you worry about that. That's good. And the um, second thing is, um, good old Liam, aka Liam from Crew, um, is back in Suffolk now. He's been up in Scotland for the last few weeks, um, seeing his family, and he came back and gave me some gifts. The first gift was a nice little bit of Scottish fudge, which is got off that. I haven't ate it all yet, and he also got me this. I'm going to show the listeners, and if you on audio, I'll let you know what it is. Um, but if you are watching video, he got me a Ross County. <laughs> scarf the staggies the staggies um obvious uh reasons because my name's ross and they're scottish side and liam is an inverness fan because he was you know basically br- brought up in inverness he had a season ticket and uh inverness are ross county are fierce rivals so um i've sort of upped my ross county game in terms of when they play or if ross county are doing better than inverness so i just go who, who won again this weekend so um thanks liam for the um the presents and um, the fudge will be consumed all this week, probably. Thank you, Liam from Crew. Thank you to those of you listening. Uh, we'll see you later in the week, hopefully, to talk about another Ipswich Town win. Can you imagine four wins from five? They can't, can they? We'll see. See you next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
watching at audioboom.com slash channel slash archive.